Welcome to Zeifman's Presents Masters of Disruption, Dialogues with Emerging Industry Entrepreneurs. Join our host, Zeifman's partner, Larry Zeifman, for this week's episode on eSports. Hi, I'm Larry Zeifman. I'm a partner at Zeifman's and welcome to our series Masters of Disruption, where we're talking to CEOs in uh, various emerging and disruptive industries. Today, we're focused on esports, and we're fortunate to have Ben Pfefferman, CEO of Amuka Esports with us, and Trevor Dirksen, a CEO of ePlay Digital. Uh, and I'm going to ask each of them to, um, to introduce themselves, tell us what their companies do briefly, and then let's get down to schmoozing a little bit. As mentioned, uh, thank you. I'm the CEO of ePlay Digital, a sports and esports game developer and publisher. We publish games for World Cup, ESPN, Sony Pictures, CBS, and others, and in collaboration with uh, Howie Mandel, comedian producer Howie Mandel, seven-time NBA champion Robert Ory, and uh, other 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 folks, and, and we continue to, to publish games and apps in the space. Thanks, Trevor. Nice to have you. Ben? Yes, Ben Pfefferman, CEO of Amuka Esports. Um, our headquarters is in Toronto and Palm Beach County now. Um, just wanted to drop that in because of the controversy of the pre-show about uh, being in Florida here. Um, yeah, our core business is really creating an esports ecosystem. So that means gaming arenas. Uh, we have two of them in Toronto and in Windsor. Uh, live events and experiences. We do 100 to 200 events per year. Uh, professional and amateur and teams, as well as uh, esports media and content. So really a little bit of everything. And we try to really reach all different profiles of gamers. Uh, ben, what initially interest, interested you about the esports industry? Yeah, I mean, I really started to get into it back in 2015, really as an investor and sort of seeing sort of the changes in entertainment. Um, and then, you know, when I was raising some some capital for some different esports companies, and I just really saw a model that didn't exist, and that's like, why aren't all these esports verticals under one roof? Um, and they just didn't really exist, at least in Canada. And so if it didn't exist and it's a problem that should be solved, that's why I started it. And that's really why I went from more just being raising capital for esports companies to actually building one, you know, from the ground up. Trevor? Yeah, Ben mentioned a little bit of kind of pattern recognition. I, I was filming snowboarding films as a teenager in the earliest days of the professional tours of America, the, the PSTA and another competing tour, Snowboarding was still legal on, on some hills. And I watched this sport, a culture, a style, a music, a clothing lines emerge. And I recognized these things, these the, all these verticals coming together in a brand new thing, snowboarding. I recognized this same pattern in esports uh, early on. And I, I, I said, hey, listen, I was, I was there for snowboarding. I missed the yoga craze with the yoga gear and all that stuff. Uh, I wasn't invested. I wasn't working in that space. I don't want to miss the esports uh, <laughs> phase. So um, those, those might be the last three decades. So snowboarding, uh, yoga, now it's esports. And there hasn't been that yoga esports crossover yet. So <laughs> maybe there's something there, you know, there's no yoga video games. There's a little bit of, the, of uh, snowboarding though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's some great, great <laughs> snowboarding games for sure. So uh, Trevor, you, tell me how, how being a CEO, being a leader in this industry is different from some of the leadership roles you've played in the past. That's a good question. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure it's that different. I've always been in emerging industries. I think I think it's mostly the same. Uh, big risks, uh, big rewards. 
and really it's about managing the, the risk. Um, I think that's, I think that's what leaders do. Um, they communicate, they do other things, but I, I think good leaders manage risk well. And today it's, there's, it becomes pretty easy. We're working so high in the technical stack. There's so much to build on so many tools, so many legacies to build on, not just, you know, my, my experience, but like everything else that we've done um, collectively and we can share and, and how technology enables that. But I, maybe what I've learned, I think Hollywood's learned it as well. It's, it's easier to make another Fast and Furious movie than to start a new franchise and building on the franchise. So when you think about, when you think about building something new, um, it is, it's, it's, it's worth, it's, it's worth investing in new and inventing new franchises, but you, you, it's kind of also worth building on all that legacy, all those tools, all that technology that all already exists for us. How about um, any distinction between you? You were doing 2D uh, films in the snowboarding space. How is esports with uh, uh, augmented reality um, uh, different? Yeah, it's, it's, it's smart. Um, I think so. I'm I'm based in LA, and and what and we we don't, we don't always call it 2D. We often call it linear content. So that's what we watch on TV or a movie screen. And uh, linear content producers are 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 everywhere uh, around um, uh, me here in Los Angeles. Um, and not all of them are going to be able to transition to maybe interactive or 3D or AR and VR. The, the, the distinctions between those may not be that important. But, um, I think that's a big difference is, is linear storytelling versus something that, that isn't linear. Ben, um, Amuka has a portfolio of different esports related businesses. Share with us how you developed that, that portfolio. Yeah, so it really started with... Um you know, having a physical hub. So that meant, you know, we went out, we acquired a gaming arena um, in Toronto and then, you know, really getting all those parts. So we really grew initially through acquisition. That's how we built our team up very quickly. And now at this point, we're not really doing as many deals. We we kind of have the brain trust and manpower uh, to be able to to launch new initiatives. And, and you know, we're still going to announce another small acquisition soon, but overall we kind of have, the pieces. Um, I, I do want to just touch on one of the things with, with Trevor is, is what's the, some of the differences. Culture is so different with esports. You know, everything you do in this industry is like you have to walk on eggshells. Like anything could trigger somebody, anything could offend somebody. Um, and I think that's and I'm, it's not really an esports thing. It's a today thing. It's running a business in the entertainment industry today. Understanding our demographics, our culture, and and having to be extremely, extremely sensitive to you know every possible group. Do you think that that's specific to the demographic that you're targeting? A hundred percent. The PGA does not have to deal with any of these issues. Um, <laughs> I, you know, the, the older it is, I, I see the, the, the less problems there are and the younger the sport is basketball has probably the most challenges out, out of all the major sports. So um, I do like, I not to sound like ageist or I'm not trying to come down on young people, but that's the culture. And um, I think brands have to be very sensitive to that demographic now. Trevor, do you want to speak to that? It's interesting. I mean, I, I, um, I, 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 I see that. I, I, I get it. Um, I talk about immunization internally and sometimes when I'm giving advice and I'm not talking about um, how Florida and Texas aren't getting immunized to COVID-19 or uh, other parts of the world aren't getting immunized. I'm talking about you need to publish a product with immunization. And so if, if, how do you immunize yourself? 
against criticism, against um, trolls, against um, you know whatever whatever it is. I, I, the, the the blue the blue check marks on Twitter. I, I, and um, and there's various ways to do that. And figuring out how to immunize yourself uh, is it's, it's important. Apple and Google were not going to allow us to publish a game about germs in April 2020. They didn't want to do that, um, even though Howie Mandel was involved. Um, but it took them a couple of weeks and a little bit of understanding that a comedian has some latitude. I mean, a lot of comedians would complain they don't have the latitude that they used to have, whatever like that. But a comedian has more latitude than a CEO does. A comedian that happens to have germophobia and is well known, it's part of his brand, has more latitude. Um, and so communicating that with a big company like Apple through their, pro, you know, their processes. And that wasn't easy, but it was, we, we, we had immunized ourselves. Um, it's funny to talk about that in a game about germophobia, um, immunized ourselves to allow us to have fun with germs, even during a pandemic. So yeah, it, it's complicated and, and building up immunization in a, against uh, trolls, uh, whatever, against uh, Steve Bannon's buddies uh, is something that some of us have to do. Ben, I think there's no doubt that COVID-19 has turbocharged the growth of esports. People spending a lot of time at home um, in front of their screens. But what, what in your opinion, will the, uh, the industry look like post-COVID? Esports pre-COVID was nerdy. These like weirdos who go on stage and play and compete and blah, blah, blah. And I think what COVID did was it really, yeah, it really changed everything. All of a sudden you have the NBA does their uh, NBA 2K players tournament. And then when you see Kevin Durant playing NBA 2K online in the tournament, that's cool. When you see other football players, uh, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, all these guys were really into gaming. Um, all of a sudden it's cool. And to the point I've read many articles that that NHL scouts and recruiters do not want for any players, any hockey players that play Fortnite anymore because it's a, it's like a detriment to their professional career. That's how much it's come into the culture. So now all of a sudden, all these athletes and all these musicians, The Weeknd, Drake, these are they're all owners in esports teams. So they're bringing it to the limelight, and people now see it as cool. And I think that's really that. I think it was a tipping point in the image of the industry, and then. When all the sports were shut down, hey, guess which league is still able to operate online and finish the season out? Call of Duty League, right? So among other esports. So I think those are the factors that really made those distinctions for everybody. Uh, ben, what was the biggest hurdle you um, ran up against in, in building uh, Amuka Esports and how did you address it? Yeah, no one knows how to make money in the esports industry because it's new and it's constantly changing. So where do you put your efforts in? Is it teams? Is it leagues? Like there's no playbook. It's not, it's not like manufacturing cars where you have a hundred years of research that you could look at in case studies. It's like, it's the wild west. So we really had to pivot. We had to move around. What we were doing a year ago is almost completely different from what we're doing now. So I think like for us, and again, a lot of companies in this industry were really just like flying by the seat of our pants and, and figuring out based on what's going on in the different trends, what we're going to do. That flexibility, that agility. Uh, Trevor? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll just, I'll stay on the theme of that, that moment 
when uh, we submitted a, a, a game about germs during uh, during <laughs> COVID. We were to be on the Ellen Show. I think it was April nineteenth, twenty twenty. March seventeenth, everybody shut down, um, and so um, including Apple's ability to say yes to to us. March twelfth for me because that was when the NHL shut down. So okay. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I remember the day. Well, I remember really, really well. You're right. It was, it was five days earlier. You're right. And, uh, I think March 17th is when Ellen went in hiatus and, uh, we had no launch. We didn't know what we were going to do. And then Apple wasn't saying yes. And, um, I don't know if this happens to other people, but I, I like, I just get conspiratorial thinking in my head about all the things I've done wrong and all the, the the impossibilities and it's just i think the hurdles are you just especially when i don't know this happens with when i'm dealing with apple all the time i just get like they're against me i'm doing doing this wrong i i've screwed everything up and it's just getting those thoughts out of your head i think that's the biggest hurdle and that happens every day so that's not like which hurdle that's that's like every five meters (laughs) in other words like maintaining focus and um, maintaining your confidence to move forward yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a really good, that's a better way to put it. <laughs> okay. Trevor, what would be the number one piece of advice you would give somebody just starting out in the sports space? I think insatiable appetite for learning. Um, you're just learning all the time. And if you've got an insatiable appetite for learning, I, I, th- I think you can keep going um, you know, from one day to the next, from one five minute, one hurdle five minutes away to the next hurdle another five minutes away. <laughs> Ben? Yeah, I would say, you know, you got to be a thought leader, um, you know, whether it's um, providing analysis on the industry or, you know, I, I tell kids all the time, like start streaming, like, you know what, just get out there and do something that you like, play a video game, engage with your community. And so what, even if it's just your mom watching and, and there's just one concurrent viewer, you start somewhere. And I think if you look at any successful, like, all the top uh, esports owners, whether it's guys like Nate Shot or Ocelot or, you know, um, FaZe Banks, they all started as, as streamers, content creators or players. So if you can't be a pro player, get out there, create content and, and provide thought leadership for the industry. What's the one trait that you feel is needed most to be an entrepreneur? Just no fear. Like there's just, there's so many times you're going to get no um, just can't be afraid to hear no. You can't be, you just have to keep going. Um, and I just don't be, don't be sensitive. <laughs> like, um, you know, you can, you can't please everyone. You had to just be laser focused on what you want to do, your vision. And sorry if I'm speaking in too many hockey cliches, but like give it 110%, keep those legs moving, all that good stuff. <laughs> I'll never complain about too much hockey. <laughs> um, Closing thoughts, uh, Ben. You want to get closing closing thoughts on the industry and where it's going? Yeah, I think if you if you look at esports and kind of compare it to traditional sports, um, the average age in the PGA is in the sixties, and the NFL it's in the fifties. So, where's that young younger demographic going? What are they doing? And it, it's it's esports, and I, I think everyone now gets it. Um, all the big banks get it. All the automakers get it. Every brand knows that they have to have an esports strategy. So, um, if 
if you're a small, medium-sized company, you know, listening to this podcast, yeah, you really got to ask yourself, how am I going to reach that demographic that doesn't watch TV, that doesn't really listen to music, that doesn't watch movies, they're gaming, and they're a two and three stream, two and three screen type of audience. Um, and I think that's going to be the challenge for the next, you know, over the next couple of years is is how our brands, how our company is going to reach that demographic. And um, there's many ways to do that. And I'm just really excited to be in this industry. Um, even though I'm not a hardcore gamer, um, I love the excitement. I love the challenge and I'm competitive. So I have a team and I want to win. And that's, uh, I'm incredibly passionate about that. Thanks, Ben. Trevor, closing thoughts? Yeah, well, so I, I'm addicted to innovation and 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 love being around innovators, and so maybe instead of a thought, I'll just put out that question again. I asked it earlier. What would you do if you could own the Boston Garden? What what would you what would you do if you could own American Eye and Rio? Um, and I'm not saying the physical stadium. There's a, there's going to be a, a virtual version of both. There actually already is a virtual version of both. Um, and what's the secondary markets? What, how, how would you make money? How would you program them? How would you innovate? Um, how would you do it the exact same way as the physical world because that model worked? And what would you do different um, because you want it to work even better? Guys, I want, really want to thank you. Your, your enthusiasm, your energy as entrepreneurs is infectious. And I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you too have. So thanks again. And on behalf of Zeifman's, I want to thank all of you listening for joining us today. And thanks to Ben Pfefferman, CEO of Amuka Esports, and Trevor Dirksen, CEO of ePlay Digital, for joining us today. You've been listening to Masters of Disruption. Join us for next week's episode on cannabis, where we sit down with guests Bradley Moore, CEO and Director of Cannabis Applications Corp., and Victor Mancibo, CEO and Director of TheraTrue. If you have questions or want to learn more, contact us direct at info at